combat divas Stomp your left, right, left Combat divas Big Toe Seasoning is the best seasoning since Larry's With its array of blended seasonings to include Creole and salt-free options Big Toe Seasonings is your guide to family dinners, barbecues, game day, and seafood boils Head over to BigToeSeasoning.com and use our promo code COMBATDIVAS10 to receive 10% off your order. All right. Next up on the docket is My Daughter's Tea House. My Daughter's Tea House is your home for tea blends, guys. If you're looking for help with weight loss, looking for a good detox, which I was looking for both, um, looking for energy, I'm always looking for energy, or you just need time to relax, head over to www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash M-E-D-A-R-D-A-S T-House and use promo code COMBATDIVA for 10% off your order. All right, and last but certainly not least, Wholeness Oasis is our urban holistic wellness boutique that we get all of our athletic wear as well as our products for hair and body. Head over to wholenessoasis.com and use our promo code COMBATDIVAS and enjoy 15% off when you order $40 or more. Combat Divas, stomp your left, right, left. Combat Divas. Yo, welcome back to the Combat Divas podcast. It's your girl, TG. You got Tanisha B. And we are back, back. I'm excited for this episode. I listened to this podcast, the two hosts that we have here today. I listened to this podcast religiously. It is awesome. I, I find it humorous, informative, and more informative. And then I laugh some more stuff I shouldn't laugh at. So I think <laughs> this is a great show. We have the host of Uniforms to Unicorns podcast. These two ladies, Lauren and Sharon, uh, met our best friends, I should say. They are business owners, and they met in prison. And I'm going to leave it at that, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> hey, Lauren. Hey, Sharon. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. All the way from Canada. I don't think I said way. that. All, All the way from Canada. Yes. <laughs> talk about collab. This is amazing. Yeah. Right? We're, so ex- we're so excited. We listen to you guys, too, and... We love it. You guys have got the same humor, the dark humor that we do. So oh, we, yeah. pretty dark, yeah. we love it. <laughs> I love that. Very <laughs> much so. Me. I, I love, love that. So how did the concept of the show start? Like how, what made you guys start the podcast? Mm, well, um, I've been doing lots of work with first responders and spouses and stuff like that. And Sharon and I have always just like reconnected. And Sharon came to me and said, want to write a book? And I was like, No. that doesn't sound fun to me I know you guys are writing a book so maybe we'll get there one day Uh, but I was like no that doesn't sound fun so then I messaged her and said what about a YouTube channel and Sharon literally wrote back no I would have to do my makeup and wear a bra and that doesn't interest me at all and I was like okay we kind of played with it for probably like four four months hey Sharon it was yeah for sure and then we're like, hey, let's do a podcast because you can't see us. You only have to hear us. We can show up however we show up and yeah. you get what you get. And yeah, so um, I we both had no idea what we were doing. So we <laughs> called a few friends in the podcast world and um, yeah, and then we just kind of started recording. And one of the biggest things that people told us was have 50 episodes, be ready 
with 50 episodes. And I think that's helped us immensely along the way, like knowing where we're going, what we want to do. Um, yeah. So that's how we pretty much got started. We just did like recorded a lot of episodes so we can just try to, you know, pump it out there and keep going so people can kind of get like either annoyed with us or start to listen to us. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. want to get it all out, all our content now. But at the beginning, we didn't know it. Like we just started talking and just started pressing record and just had a conversation going. And then we started to, as time went on, we got better. So yeah, yeah. we got started. Good. I, I love, I love it. I love you guys. So yeah. you met in prison. Were you, <laughs> were you offenders or were you, <laughs> I know the answer, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Sharon, you take this one. Okay. So I, we were, we were not offenders. We were uh, correctional <laughs> officers. So I started in 2002 and met Lauren two years later, right? 2004. Mm -hmm. So we, her and I just sort of clicked right away. I was um, a rookie for a long time. So I was at the bottom. And when they, when their group came in, I was just so happy. Like we were going through shit, like day after day, there was lots of like incidents and uh, tons of stuff. So when they came in, I thought, oh, reprieve, thank God they're here. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> and we were here to work. Or Sorry. Were you guys short staffed at the time? Like there were We were short staffed and there was uh I think I think the concept is they don't think women offenders um are violent or and that was how this prison came about. It was like we can re, you know re um introduce them into society, it's going to be fine and then it like the it's not like that they're violent and there was a lot like when I first started there was incidents every day so yeah, I would say the same yeah, yeah fights hangings slashings you name it they did it oh my god <laughs> and we've had this conversation before too where women um their emotions get involved so it's not just like one incident it's like you know, you take one person to SAG, their girlfriend gets upset. Then they wrangle they <laughs> yeah. and four other friends and they're up at the office, you know, whatever. So, yeah. And when I came in, it was like, I worked 16 hour shifts probably for the first year that I was there because they were so tired. So they took a break yeah. sharing uh, the people that were there before us. And we were just eager to work and learn. And yeah. So, and you get to close with those people when you're with them. For 16 oh, hour days right, right? Oh. man six, i mean that, that's a long time so like so on the floor there's there's 10 women to the house or or, or yeah. whatever, what i understand and so and how many guards for every 10 women oh um i that's a hard one because there wasn't zero there wasn't an actual yeah there, so those those 1. houses 4? no no <laughs> 0.7 no idea those houses uh, weren't uh staffed so they we came in every what what was it Lauren like every hours. hour every two hours and did a walk through and then mm -hmm. so there was the houses there was like a mental health unit and then there was the maximum security unit so I don't think there was ever a ratio right no mm -hmm. but we so just like go go for what you know you guys got yeah yeah you can we were supposed to have so so many officers on at a time but I mean lots of times we ran short. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and just you just jump in where you can. I want to say I, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know what the ratio is. 
I'm trying to think of the number in my head of how many officers we have on on a shift. Uh, I, I guess you're thinking like um, because you're really kind of babysitting, so right? So you that's right. Like how many kids are in the classroom? <laughs> part of the teacher? Absolutely. The same way, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So but. did you all work like maximum, like just maximum, or you all did like um, what what do they call it? Almost like I'm because I'm thinking I'm like I watched the show Orange is the New Black. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So you had some that went to max where it was like all the like they were slid, sliding in drugs and yeah. even more heightened violence and then you have the more where they can just kind of like be free-ish to yeah, win. like work go to work they can go to the gym yeah so mediums and um minimums live in the houses the 10 women to the house and they have movement times and they go to work and they um they cook for themselves they do all that but our maximum security we have a cook they live in pods kind of like Orange is the new black, I guess. Yeah. Um, or like if you guys ever watch Wentworth, like our max unit is very similar to that. Like they're confined to a cell mm. on a pod or a range, and then they could all come out and do whatever. But the watch TV, watch TV and they like it's more restricted there in the max part and the general population, they call it. That was a bit more freer. They could go to school, they could work programs go to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Play so card games. Like, like just take them to school and take them or bring them no. back or whatever. No, they do their, they go to school by themselves. We just oh, say wow. school, school time. Yeah. Get 10 Movement. minutes to get there. <laughs> yeah. And then they all just walk around. <laughs> yeah. and, that was, and that was media. That was the medium, right? Medium like, yeah. and minimum. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I couldn't imagine uh, Maximum being able to cook for themselves. I feel like it would have been a no. lot more deaths. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody got grits for their face. Like, what's mm-hmm. Was it mm-hmm. as... Vi- oh, so Tanisha brought up Orange is the New Black, right? Mm-hmm. When that stuff started happening, like the, the women prison shows, I think it sparked more interest in like what's really going on in a women prison? Like with the, yeah. everybody's coupled up. It's a lot going on. So like we were, I, I was, I'm, I've been burning to figure this out. Like how <laughs> realistic is that show? Like when it comes to how that uh, subculture forms really quick within the, the, uh, the inmates and, you know, is it like the guards versus the inmates or did you guys have to try to align yourself with them? Like, how does that work? So I would say, we get that comparison a lot. So my standard is like prison is not sexy. Like it's dirty. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's all of those things, but they, the stuff that is true is they do form those relationships. There is like a, I don't know what they call it on there, like a main person, like a main inmate, the head of the inmates, they do um, get involved in relationships. They make their mm-hmm. friends there. They, and then all the bad stuff too, like they bring in drugs, like there's lots of that subculture there. So mm-hmm. it's similar in that way, but it's not, it wasn't very much like us versus them. We, they, they taught, I guess they train us to use our verbal skills with the inmates. Like, so we, I don't know what you would call it, form like kind of rapport. rapport. So, you build rapport. rapport. so that That's when right. you do get into an incident, you have a little bit of leverage, right? Like, yeah. oh, I know this about your kid or like not and not in a negative way, but like, hey, let's calm down. Let's think about right. him for a second. Let's do this. And yeah, like Sharon said, it's for sure not that sexy, but women, <laughs> we know that women need that emotional attachment. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's male or female, heterosexual, homosexual 
gay for this day is what they call it. That's, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's very much about that emotional bond with somebody and that, and that physical connection that you need to survive. Babies need it. Women need it. Men need it. People need it. Right. So there is a lot of that. Um, but then, you know, then they leave and then there's drama because they left. They didn't write this mm-hmm. person when they got out of jail. And then we're dealing with that on <laughs> oh the my inside. God. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, always drama with the ladies. Yeah. Drama. Very, I think that's very important. Um, it just, you know, for the for the climate to kind of like get a little bit of a story on, you know, certain people so that if they do get hot headed, you can remind them like, hey, you know, you only got X amount of time left don't yeah. add enough time like don't, don't add extra time to your exactly sitting. um is it worth it and then talk the other person down like that's that's really really good rather than like laying a hammer down and yeah being uh, punishment and then everybody's still pissed off so mm-hmm. that's yeah. the thing so it is kind of similar to like similar-esque but you all were in the inside to know like no this is what works and this is what don't work what Exactly. And mm-hmm. at the beginning, we should mention, like, we didn't have, wep- like, anything that we could use. Like, we didn't have handcuffs. We didn't have... Um, uniforms. Pep- we didn't have uniforms. We didn't even have <laughs> uniforms. We didn't have pepper spray. We didn't have any sort of, like, we just walked around, honestly, like, idiots. Like, <laughs> figuring out as we went, right? I would so smoke my cigarette yeah, in the courtyard. Right. <laughs> Oh my god! I smoke. Walk around. How you, how you guys doing today? Wait, you make your coffee, Lauren. Sure, poison the shit. <laughs> <out. laughs> you know, no use. <laughs> so there was. There, I'm sorry, Tanisha. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. But I'm, I'm stuck. Like no, no uniform. Like, no, no. Gap. Little, clothes. little. Gap, like gap, gap, gap. Uh, cargos <laughs> and a gap hoodie and. Here we are working, right? Hoping you just got like <laughs> just like keys and yeah. <laughs> keys, yeah. keys, keys. There and, you and go. I'm just like okay, I'm taking. Uh, I'll take Sharon. Sharon and I. <laughs> oh like, my Sharon God. was my weapon. I was Sharon's weapon. <laughs> and, and so that was the beginning. How long did you guys go like that without any protection, any way to protect yourselves? So when did we get uniforms? 2006, Lauren? I think. 2006. We had decided. Um, oh God, that's already like, been working a long time, like, four, like two to four years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if we needed handcuffs. We had to run to the office and sign them out. It's too late. <laughs> and then run it's back. too late. Because <laughs> you've got, you've got the inmate pinned to the ground going on your radio, like, hello, I need handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. So you're just holding the person down, waiting for handcuffs, just sweating. Right. Cause also <laughs> wrestled them to the ground going, Hello. <laughs> they know. They know you're not. They know you don't have handcuffs. They That's right. Them, so it's like now it's like, all right, who's stronger than who? And exactly. how can wow. I get free from you that? That's you only got no zip ties in your pocket. No, that's that's really fucked up. Remember, Sharon, we had a CPR mask and black gloves. That's right. Like padding down gloves so you didn't get poked with a needle. But that was it. Oh my God. That's dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. So it was such a casual, since it was such a casual climate. Yeah, like, you right. are able to bring something from home. Like, what if I had, like, you had zip ties from home? Like, zip ties <laughs> mm-hmm. from home? No, no, you get in trouble. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, like, I know I'm trying to think too of like, if you had something, they would stop you at the front and say, you can't take that in, right? Wow. Because we had to go through like x ray scanners and yeah, to get into the jail. 
So they'd they be actually like, what? only had, did they have the half fence when you came, Sharon? Yeah, half a so fence. They had half a fence that Sharon and I could, Sharon's 50. She could st- probably still jump over the little <laughs> fence. <laughs> and then they built a bigger fence and then they put razor wire on it. We were oh, like, hot. oh, we, this probably should have happened to because they would just run and jump the fence and people would chase them in their own yeah. personal vehicles. Yeah, that's right. I, I cannot. I was so, so, they're, so they're basically <laughs> contained in their mind because yeah. literally you could just hop a fence and be free. Yes, yes. Or even well, just you'd be caught. You'd, you'd get caught. caught. But, but I think they, they knew they had it better inside, right? They were getting three squares and a, a roof over their head. So they had it. And a lot of they freedom. had it, yeah, mm-hmm. better inside. They got cable, like honestly, <laughs> and they were cooking like actual food. And sometimes, like, so we would work an eight hour shift and sometimes get ordered for the next eight hours. And you'd have yeah. crackers and a can of tuna in your little area in case you got ordered. And they're cooking like gourmet meals, they're watching like The Bachelor, and we're just like <laughs> starving, right? <laughs> Oh my God. Crackers with those little peanut butters. Remember those? I know. <laughs> they like making spaghetti in the back. Watching yeah. The they had to watch the master chef, like, you know what, well, for today, I'm going to the lamb with the. Exactly. Practice it for chopped. Oh, that was. I, I'm like, I was in tears. That is too much. I'm sorry. I, that was. I don't think we know enough about the prison system in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so leave. I don't want to leave. That sounds like a vacation. Like Exactly. What? All because mm-hmm. they felt like women were not as big of a, of a threat as mm. the male prisoners. I'm sure, I'm sure the male mm-hmm. inmates didn't have it this easy. They at least had guns or something. Or yeah, the, the guys have always had guns. We don't. We still don't have guns. Uh, at yeah. women's prison yeah, and no, we still don't. what about yeah, a baton whatever. or something like that? yeah no. uh, but our only the extraction team the emergency like response the team, team would can use it. them but we can't we don't carry it like now when i left what year lauren 2014 mm-hmm. yeah we we weren't still weren't we were carrying handcuffs and we weren't we'd have to sign out pepper okay. spray yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah OC spray, but on the max unit, you could carry it, I think, right? I can't. Yeah, I think we carried it on the max unit like 2012, right? When I left, because okay. uh, we had used it the day that I like I found out I was pregnant, but I didn't want to not work on the unit like at that point. So as soon as they find out you're pregnant, you go to an office. Yeah. And I remember they were using OC spray, and I was like, shit, I'm, I'm gonna have to tell everyone I'm pregnant because I can't yeah. be here right now. So I had to leave. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So what mm-hmm. does trauma look like for the correctional officers? Because, I, you know, I know you got to have the same dark humor that we have. But did you experience like all that built up time that you end up normalizing your situation? Does trauma kind of rear its ugly head in, in your lives? And how do you work through that? Okay. So d- definitely. And I I mean, I, I'm different than some probably other people. I just take it and stuff it. Stuff, stuff, stuff until I erupt. And I erupted several times over the over my career. Um, it showed up for me as not being able to sleep and being very like irritable. And then I just knew I was done. Like after I had my daughter and I came back, I was very like, this isn't my life. This isn't what I want out of life. And then I transferred actually to a men's prison. I worked there for a year and I just remember being there and nothing ever happened there when I was there in my time it was a medium facility 
um, and minimum and lots of just sex offenders. It wasn't violent. It wasn't. And when I got there, I thought I could have done this for the last (laughs) years instead of what I went through. So I eventually left after a year of being there. um, And that's when, yeah, it showed up for me after I left where mostly the sleep and the irritability Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And then it's, uh, a, you know, you're constantly healing from it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And mine's very similar to um, Tanisha's because I was listening to your podcast the other day and I just drowned myself in alcohol and medication. And that's Tiffany. Yeah. yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was your. Okay. I missed them. I just hit play on the next one. And then, yeah. <laughs> I thought. So, yeah, it was very much alcohol. And then I found out I was pregnant and I was like, shit, now what? Like, how am I going to sleep? So, because I was pregnant, I looked for alternative measures like yoga and meditation and working out. And, and um, after I had my son, I had an amazing year and thought, okay, I'm strong. I'm ready to go back. And I drove into that institution and it instantly was like, no massive headache massive mm-hmm. shoulder pain and then my husband was trained to be a police officer when I went back to work so he was gone and I have this baby that I have to drive like one hour to day home because no one will keep him if I happen to have to stay longer like it oh was my God. it was a very stressful situation and I started drinking again and I said, okay, I'm going to get pregnant again. That'll help me. That'll fix the problem. <laughs> These kids seem to fix my problems. Now I'm like, now I'm like, that's not, that's not it. That's not the answer. Um, but again, it was very much like I had to be out for so long before I started to realize, and Sharon and I have talked about this so many times, the culture, the culture, the culture. Yeah. Everyone yeah. says, just, you know, have a glass of wine, take a bunch of Benadryls. You'll see yeah. fine. And that works for a little while and then it doesn't work. And then you're, and I was like, I was crazy because even like it helped me sleep, but it didn't keep me asleep. Yeah. So the sleep deprivation was the thing that got to me more than anything. And about three years after I left the prison was when it was very much like I'd stopped, stopped and stopped and stopped and kept myself busy. And I was like, okay, we can't stop anymore. We got to, we got to deal with do this. something different. So, yeah. Body, it just with all of that trying to self medicating, it just kind of your body built a tolerance. So it's like once you build a tolerance, it's like okay, so now what do I do? Do yeah, I make, yeah. do I go to something stronger, or do I just stop <laughs> doing what's making me do this all this self medicating? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Thankfully, you chose the the la- the latter. Thankfully, to, like, I got pregnant. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't have got pregnant. I think about that all the time. And my poor husband, like, I can't believe the guy married me. For real, I think about those days, and I'm like, he he worked on the rigs, like oil rigs at the time, and he would come home, and he'd be like what happened here? And I'm like, you think I'm crazy. You think I'm crazy? He's like, no, 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 I don't think you're crazy. I think maybe we need to see somebody though. <laughs> we need to see somebody. Yeah. He it. drove me to my family doctor more times than I would like to admit. <laughs> and okay. the family doctor would just be like, okay, it's okay. And he's like, how many times have I told you to leave this stupid job? And I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I know. That's support. Yeah, so the support like that that you can you can't buy that type of support like yeah, that's amazing. have a full-on breakdown and it's like oh I can he can either stay or he can leave and he's like no no I'm gonna leave I'm gonna help I'm not I'm gonna stay I'm gonna help her through. yeah I'm not gonna leave I'm not gonna go anywhere and that's I mean that you know hey 
but your husband, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing, Same. like Sharon and I talk about this now, is we were all going through something, but mm-hmm. we didn't talk about it because no. to talk about it meant if Sharon tells me she's not okay, I don't really want to work with Sharon anymore. Right? I know. Like, yeah. Sharon, like, so we just hit it and mm-hmm. we, we did a really good job of it, I think. Like, we should yeah. be actresses, Sharon. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> everybody's always surprised. I didn't know you were going through that. And it's like, mm-hmm. who are you going to tell, though? You can't tell your your people because you're right. Because you, it's your identity as an officer, right? You're not. You're mm-hmm. strong. You're to be vulnerable at that point was to be weak, right? Mm-hmm. And we we were the military weak. very much the same. I see Tiffany's had. Yeah, yeah. you guys. Are yeah. Like, <laughs> We've got almost the same story, Lauren. I mean, yeah. honestly, had I not got married, I'd still be somewhere stored dope, probably. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it was mm-hmm. really hard to cope. Like I. You know, everything was pressed down, not just work, like my whole life. I just like tried to press it and like put a smile mm-hmm. on for everybody because they needed it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it took it took its ugly toll until finally, you know, I I, I lost it. And uh, <laughs> so, so I got some help and got my shit together. But it took a while. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. It was not easy. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. And part of the climate, though, is to to suppress it. Like you said, yeah. if I if I come out and say I'm not OK Nobody wants to work with me. Nobody. Yeah. Now, like everybody. Don't like, give her any sort of right. Or like, <laughs> take your weapon from you now. <laughs> you know? so it's like, but I still need to do my job, so mm-hmm. I don't have time to feel. I don't have time to process. Yeah. I like I got to work a sixteen-hour mm-hmm. shift in a minute. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I'm around with emotions. I got, I got shit to do. So, yeah. but I think about it now. Like I was hungover most days, thinking how, how is that beneficial to the people yeah. around me? Right? Like not, not only je- detrimental to my health and my own um, safety, but mm-hmm. the people around me. Right? And they always say that thing like, oh, PTSD is very much like a, a physical injury. We just can't see it. You wouldn't come to work with your arm cut off, flailing around blood. And I. <laughs> I say that all the time now because it is, it's very, it, yeah. it's an injury. You can't yeah, see yeah. it, but it is. And you're not helping anybody by showing up, missing an arm or, yeah. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It is problematic. And I think with, um, even with the women's prison, I, I, I'm not saying that you guys are set up for failure, but the, the way, well, kind of the way mm-hmm. that it was set up, it was just like, you, you had no other choice, but to figure out a way to make it work. Like, no weapons, yeah. so let's talk it out. You know, let's <laughs> like, talk no, it out. Yeah, uh, no handcuffs, so radios. You know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where your weapons? Where's all your weapons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing <laughs> to help you do your job. I mean, you didn't have food. You had some crackers and some. <laughs> We're starving it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> from the other side of the glass. With a, yeah. So it's like, yeah, who's contained here? Like, that's right who's locked up like that's how i felt (laughs) a lot gourmet meals and and Mm -hmm. just living a best life in prison yeah while we're here have our we have our freedom and we're here to babysit you but we watch you just like live life and we over here like fucking just sleep deprived yes hangry as fuck (laughs) yeah yes what the hell and they keep and they keep i I know one of you said that uh i think it was lauren like look you're not on survivor like they would come like i don't like this girl yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) they would yeah it was and and you think about so you think about women and i always say i would always have conversations with women and i'm like this is this would be my deterrent 
to have to live with 10 women in one household, like figure it out and don't come back. Don't come back. Yeah. Every it's the emotions are high. The relationships are high. The companionship is high. It's a revolving door. It's about the same 250 women coming through 120 spots. Mm. And, but everything is like heightened all, all the time. Mm. So emotions are heightened and they don't like this person and they don't like this person. And yeah. they, and I'm just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. We don't have time for this it's right now. It's just a <laughs> lot of bickering. I can't, I can't imagine Like at one point everybody's like synchronized. So it's just like, this is shit. Exactly. We talked to it's, That's true too. Right. The drama and the emotions and women, like they just hold this grudge. I remember talking to this lifer. So she got in, 2002 and like honestly 10 years later we were getting a new inmate like a new intake of an inmate coming in and she said oh my god I hate her I said how could you hate her like you've been in here for 10 years oh when I was on the street I said you guys had beef like 10 or 12 <laughs> and I said and you're still carrying it she's absolutely I hate her so then it's this whole new thing that happens and you're like how can you, like, you got to move on back. And they just, they just don't, right? They're like, they carry this thing that happened, you know, 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And you, then they probably don't even remember what that beef was. Exactly. Like, you can't <laughs> just carry it. Yeah. Like, like, I can tell you, like, from the first few moments or the first few years, and you can be like, no, for verbatim. But 10 years <laughs> pass, it's like, I know this thing. And then she said something like, yeah. you know, kiss my ass. And, and, I, and then we fought. And then that was it. And like, why be mad for so long about like, it? Why are you mad? So you weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how difficult is the women's prison, like around mother's day and like the holidays, like the, do, do the, well, both the inmates and, and uh, the, the officers have, I don't know, I guess, do you find yourself like having to counsel them like around those times? It's like more depression or. I I think we have so much mental illness um, in the prison system, whether you're on the mental health unit or whether you aren't, I I mean, we're constantly, so we, um, as they call us primary workers in the women's prison, we're not, that's what we're called, which is how I got into corrections, not knowing that I was going to be a prison guard. (laughs) (laughs) They lead you and then they trap you and then you're in. Um, but we carried a caseload of inmates and, um, we, we did, we counseled them. We, we learned their life stories. We learned all of those sorts of things. I think it was harder for them, but it also was, we knew these women very, um, very closely. We knew their Mm -hmm. cycles. Um, so lots of times we would show up in briefing and be like, so-and-so said this, or so-and-so's wearing this kind of makeup today. So we know she's going through a cycle. So we knew them that closely wow. um, that we, we, and not just the ones we counseled uh, as our caseload, we knew them that, that closely and we knew their cycles, but yeah, like Christmas and Mother's Day. Mother's Day, Christmas. Um, their kids some, come in and visit. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Sometimes around the time of their crime yeah they would have like you know uh, outbursts and episodes and then you'd look back going ah this is why or Mm -hmm. yeah some of their upbringings their trauma all of those things and they just get triggered by really anything but you're right Lauren like I remember they would in briefing say okay so and so has this 
makeup on and it sounds crazy, but you were like, okay, shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> like, p- put your hair up. Like, you know what I mean? Was, she was asked like, or if, some, if someone was asking for something. So we, if you're a lifer or you're in there for a long time, we have like storage containers and you can mm-hmm. switch things out for other things. So it's like, she's asking for this today. Okay. We know something's going on. We oh, like wow. knew them that closely. That's great. Um, it's, it is crazy. Yeah. It, 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 even the makeup. I always forget that that shit happens in prison. Like that they yeah. have access like to makeup, battle, like, like a battle, like a battle makeup. Like, I'm yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I'm look good today because I'm yeah. about to some shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're allowed to order makeup in. Like we did monthly orders through, was it London Drugs, I think, or something like yeah, that, where they could order so. makeup and clothes and TVs. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Lots mm-hmm. of stuff. So I see why you had a lot of repeat offenders. It was like, hey, I'm in prison. You know, I don't have to worry yeah. about myself. <laughs> <laughs> else is worried about me all and day. I'm good. The crappy <laughs> thing is we, we don't set them up for success, which is part of the reason that, you know, I struggled to stay in that career for so long because I'd always wanted to help women. I always wanted, and I, I never felt like I was helping them. I never felt, yeah. not, and no. not that I didn't, it's just, there's only so much you can do in that short period of time. And you can, you know, you can say all the right things, you can do all the right things. And then it was just constantly like, oh shit, she's back. Like, <laughs> so we, I struggled with that a bit. And I, I don't, I don't want to say I took it personally, but I always felt like, oh God, what a waste of time. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. It's mm-hmm. transitioning out of, because you, uh, Lauren, you left first and then she, or mm-hmm. which one left first, Lauren? I left first. And Lauren left first. Left shortly yeah. after, what was that transition like? Like, what made you know that it was like time to go? Uh, for me, my husband got a job about an hour and a half away. He became mm-hmm. a police officer an hour and a half, and I was driving to the prison an hour and a half one way, working sixteen-hour shifts, driving home an hour, or staying at a friend's house. And um, I just thought. I don't even like this that much. Like, mm-hmm. and then I got pregnant so that I, um, I only worked like, I think I worked three days a week at that point. Cause I kind of went on a part-time gig mm-hmm. and I, I literally drove there the last day when I was pregnant with my youngest and everybody's like, Oh, you'll be back. You'll be back. And I was looking them in the eye going, I will not be back here. Yeah. Oh yeah, you will. Like, and, and they hold a carrot over your head with a pension and, we get full pay for a year on mat leave. Um, so it was like, and you owe that time back or you pay that money back. And I was like, I just won't take the top up. I'll just figure it out. I won't be back. And everyone's like, okay, okay, you'll be back. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I, I knew I wouldn't be back. So I took, I did take five years leave thinking I could get another job in like, I took five years. It's called care and nurturing. You get it five years to take care of kids, but it's not paid. But they have to hold my job. And I thought I'll be a parole officer or I'll be something else. And after I started exploring it, I thought, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm I did, done. I did my time. I'm done. Yeah. 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 So. so it was it was the place and the setup and just how you weren't able to rehabilitate these women in the way that they should be rehabilitated and mm-hmm. like ongoing drama, the the heinous things that you all was witness to the fact that you all didn't have the equipment to even feel protected when these things happen. So all of these things just keep raveling, raveling, raveling to where it's like, that's why all that trauma started to set in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Leave, you was like, 
right. I'm great. I'm fine. Woo. Like all this is off my shoulders. I'm yes. great. But yeah. still very much in that survival, right? Yes. Constantly in survival. Hypervigilant. Because you still got all the stuff that you need to just come back and just go through your regular schedule, through your regular day, through your regular mm-hmm. just everything. And mm-hmm. still all that stuff starts to wear off because you're not a part of this system every single yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. it's like, oh shit, what is this? Oh shit. Yeah, right. What's oh that? shit, normal people don't do this. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not how people <laughs> live. <laughs> similar to, to the military transition too. Well, any occupation like that where where you're engrossed in the lines between, you know, home and, and work are blurred, you end mm-hmm. up having that tricky transition where you know, you're joking about dark shit and everybody's like, you're all right. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're like, oh. <laughs> crowd, wrong crowd. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that. I still find myself in that position all the time. Yeah, like, me yeah. too. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But I'm married to a police officer, so it makes know, so I can crazy. have that. I can still be there and have that and go talk to, you know, their, their crowd and not be you know, judged. Um, <laughs> just sit there going, just like, talk to me. Tell, tell me the, the darkest things. I want to hear them all. But. They'll look, you'll say something, or you'll just start, like, start laughing. They're like, well, what? I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, <laughs> That's that right. It wasn't funny, but I laughed so hard. I'm so sorry. It was like, you need help. I was like, yes. oh, I get counseling. I, I, I get therapy. I'm totally fine. I get, I get counseling like once a week. I'm fine. But that was yeah. funny. They're like that, but that's not supposed to be funny. I was like, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working through some shit here. Yeah. I, I, I stood around a table not too long ago with uh, a psychiatric nurse, a police officer and a, a funeral director. And, <laughs> I was like, I literally wanted to like hug these people and be like, these are my people. Yeah. <laughs> they were like laughing so hard about the most morbid shit. I was like, don't leave me. Well, this is exactly what I needed right now. <laughs> I, love I, I love you guys, Cheryl. I love you guys' perspective. And I just, I just think it's crazy how the Canadian system is. And, and mm-hmm. I hope it's getting better. Like, I hope you guys can, the, the corrections officers, officers can start protecting themselves, but yeah, we have lots of friends that are still in that, yeah. you know, have, um, have, have, have different lifestyles and we do have different perspectives, which is so cool, which is why we kind of started the podcast. Cause it's like, how do you do it? Let's yeah, teach how people. Do you if, stay? You, yeah. if you yeah. can stay and be, um, I don't know what, to, like, norm, not, I don't know how you explain or okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and manage, you know, home life, corrections officer life, first responders, shift work, like all of those sorts of things. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting to me because it's for sure not, it for sure isn't for me, but I love to hear how other people do it and share that knowledge yeah. and that expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's kind of why we started it because it's like, okay, we got out. We're good. Uh, I mean, we're okay. We're okay. <laughs> Surviving, you know. We, yeah. we have nothing else. Sharon and I have each other. We have each uh, other. <laughs> so, do you all feel like you help? You've helped more with this podcast rather than like when you were on the other side as correction officers. You feel like this is helping more. Yeah, absolutely. Like we, some of the messages, and we we don't know because like we, when we started this, we were just like the two of us just being assholes online but then we started to get messages back to us saying thank you so much or 
uh, lots of times people ask for links from Lauren. Uh, a lot of uh, really good messages came back to us. The people, they love it. They're looking for help. A lot of people want to get out of the service and they come to us and say, there is another side. And we're not, we're not saying this other side is perfect, but this is, it's perfect for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And lots of like, I was feeling alone, but now I understand there are other people going through what I'm going through, but it's hard to express it, right? It's easier to take in that information than to release it. Um, so yeah, we we're just excited that people get to hear, you know, our side of it, that we got out, that we're, you know, we've gone through a specific journey, each of us very different. Um, and then, you know, they have the option to stay, but we're also giving tools, whether you want to leave or whether you want to stay, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's extraordinary. I think that's amazing. So both of you guys are out. What are you guys doing now? So I left and went into business. Um, I moved back to the city I'm from. So I'm with my mom. So I went into business with my mom like right away. And my mom has always hated like that I was in corrections. Mm-hmm. She didn't know some of the stories. So she was like, get out of it and come, come to me. So it's funny because it's the complete opposite. Like we do uh, laser hair removal and beauty oh. treatments and stuff. So it's That's why uh, Sharon looks younger than me and she's I like that. Yeah. Okay. What, what about you, Lauren? Uh, so I left and um, instantly started a retail business. So I had an activewear store in camera. Nice. Loved it. And then uh, I went through cancer. I had uh, I had thyroid cancer in 2017. Mm. And literally the second I got diagnosed, I got in my car and I was like, I fucking hate doing this. Like I literally was like, it was very, it was a very interesting. Um, I always think about it because I got in my car and I was like, I'm not hanging out with these people anymore. I, it was like this whole mind shift of like, yeah, holy life is too short. So came back to Camrose, um, decided I'd give it about a year. Uh, so I got diagnosed in November and then the following March, I closed the store. And in the meantime, I had done like some life coaching stuff. I'd ran some uh, big events. I worked with Tony Robbins and Rachel Hollis and it was fun. I loved it. It gave me that like adrenaline rush that I'd been missing from the jail of like chaos yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. like not but not staying in it like a two-day stint and then done yeah so I I began working with um first responders and their spouses and now I have a nonprofit called to serve and connect that um works with first responders and spouses awesome. going through any sort of like PTSD diagnosis or just like information or resources or you know, something to give them something to look forward to and um, have a, a place to land if they're feeling like they, they need someone. So. That's good. So you're finally in a place to where it's like, cause you went in to help people, you went mm-hmm. into the to help. So now you're finally doing yes. what you want to do without all the other traumatic BS. Absolutely. That's, that's, and it's always been to help women navigate hard things. That's kind of been like my motto. I want to help women navigate hard things. And, you know, I went into the uh, prison and thinking, okay, here it is. I'm going to, and I I, I don't think I thought I was going to save people, but I remember the first time my inmate came back, I was like, I suck at this. Right. (laughs) And not that it beat me down or anything. I thought, okay, I got to get better. I got to get better. And I think all of the things that I learned, um, even when I went in to do life coaching, I had a mentor. I was like, Oh, should I take this course? Should I do this? And she's like, 
you already have these skills learned. You've already done these things. Like don't, don't think that you don't have these because, you know, we interview inmates and we do planning and we decide where they're going to live and what's the best for their life going forward. Whether or not there was a a positive result at the end wasn't my issue. It was theirs, but I, you know, you put it on yourself a little bit too. So yeah, that's exactly it. Everything I've been through has led me to this, right? So, and I hear you guys say that too, right? Like everything (laughs) I've been through has led me to this. Yep. We wrote wrote a whole book about it. Yeah. When is that out? It's not out. It's not out. uh, We just finished the pre-order. So there'll be, we'll be shipping them out the first week of March. Oh, that's so exciting. We're excited. We are, we are excited. (laughs) I can't wait for that to come out. And maybe we'll go to Canada one day and do like, yeah, come on. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe. You work with the big boys, Lauren. We'll give you a call and, 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 and get us connected over there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. That sounds good. I, I really appreciate you guys. How can we listen to your show? How can people connect with you? Let us know how, how they can reach you. Karen, that's your, that's your. Okay. Uh, well, they can go on Instagram where Instagram is from unicorn, no, from uniforms to unicorns, or like we, we do have a website so they can find it there. And uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go on and tag ourselves on yours too. So people it's easier. And we want to come to Chicago and see you guys too one day, right? Yeah, come on. <laughs> as soon as the pandemic is over. As right. soon as it's over, we're going to be like, hi. Come on, man. Come on. I don't know about over. Probably just a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit better. <laughs> if we ever be over this situation. Yeah. normal. Yeah. <laughs> I love you survivors. We have dubbed this the year of action for us. If you had any piece of advice that you can give to our our listeners that to put them into action and get them where they want to be, what would you tell our listeners to that? I would say to try to do something every day, try to create something every day, whether it is just you're in your mind, write something down, get up and get moving every day. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. And mine would be like, focus inward too. Mm-hmm. like, what, what do you need in this moment? Be selfish. Do you, it doesn't, you know, we're as women, we give to everybody else all yeah. the time. I hear you ladies say this, we yeah. give <laughs> to everybody else. We people, please. We do all this stuff, but we don't yes. take care of ourselves. So like Sharon said, great every day, do something every day, but pay attention to what that is for you. Cause sometimes we get caught up in what other people are doing Yeah, and um, that's not the best thing for us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm new advice. I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it. Look, I wrote it down. I was like, yeah, do something, create something, go inward. I'm going to go inward. inward, right? I love that one. Go I inward. Thank you so much, ladies. I oh, thank you. This was fun. Thank so, you so much. Spending time with us. Uh, I'll, well, I'll let you know about when this will air and everything and put everything in the show notes. So, Yes. Go. Thank you. Thank guys so you. Much for coming on the show. Thank Ladies you. That was the best. Aaron and Lauren of Universal Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Have a good weekend. Bye. You, Bye. you can reach us at our website, combatdivaspodcast.net. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Combat Divas Podcast and Twitter at Combat Divas Pod One for all of the updated information on our book. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter to stay current on special deals and updates. Combat Divas, stomp your left, right, left, Combat Divas.